Welcome to the Divine Rhyme, a music podcast with culture, with Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to the third episode of the Divine Rhyme. My name is Will Hogsett, joined again by Dylan Hughes. Another week of J. Cole. Another week of J. Cole. This time, we got Forest Hills Drive, 2014 Forest Hills Drive, Cole's third studio album. Definitely was the one that I uh, kind of attracted me to Cole in the first place back in high school. Um, I've talked about this album in the last couple of pods a little bit. Uh, Hughes, what do you think um, as, a, as a whole, what does what Forest Hills Drive kind of like meant to you? Yeah, Forest Hills Drive was also kind of my beginning with J. Cole. This was around the time when I first started really getting into rap and hip-hop. Was you know I think I was a sophomore in high school maybe at this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pretty sophomore, junior year is kind of when I started getting into this stuff. And it, it's, just, it's just a great album to start off with, Cole, because as, as we're going to discuss, this was really like I think his peak of music creation. And just all the stuff we talked about prior to this podcast, the last two podcasts, all the music built up into this. I mean, I feel like this was really his, his trophy, you know, like this album is his trophy. And it's, it's definitely one of the, uh, the all timers for me. Like if I had to make a, you know, like a top 10 list, it's definitely on there and it's probably pretty close to the top. So was, it was a really fun week for me going back and, because it's been a while, as I mentioned last week, it's been a while since I really ran through this album. And it's been a fun week just going back and listening to it. And it's funny how no matter how long you go without listening to it, you still can spit the the rhymes. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was yesterday you first heard it. It's like, it just never goes away. Mm -hmm. And as soon as some of the, you know, the beats drop, it's like, oh, wow. Like, here we go. Like, buckle in. Yeah. So it was it was a fun week for me, kind of uh, almost kind of reminiscing on the past a little bit when I first started getting into music. Yeah, I uh, I definitely this is this this album is probably the one that most made me want to do this podcast. If I'm being honest, um, you know, J Cole obviously, as we mentioned, just has an ability to kind of tell stories and tell genuine stories as well. But this album, I mean. Like, like you mentioned, you go back to it and every single time it's, it doesn't, I don't get tired of it. I, I just, I am more stunned. I am literally stunned every single time. Like this album continues to get better, especially with like the stuff that's going on in the world. You know, the, uh, what we've seen with uh, the shootings the mass shootings or whether it be Black Lives Matter, it's like, it just, it, it ages like fine wine, you know, and he talks about a bunch of the issues within the black community in this album. And so I'm really excited to kind of dissect this one uh, compared and spend a whole, whole podcast on this one, because if there's any, if there's any album that I've really, really, really could spend a lot of time talking about, it is probably this one because in every single song I found, you know, not only does it correlate to the project as a whole, but he kind of has a different message in every song as well. And so, I mean, I say we just, you know, go chronological, you know, start with the intro. Um, The intro has honestly been one of my favorite songs for a while. 
I mean, and it's so simple. It kind of reminds me of uh, Cold World a little bit where he kind of just has a little piano and he kind of just speaks and talks, uh, talks over it a little bit, only he's singing in this one. And a theme of this intro is really kind of like a theme of the album. You know, it's, and it's him asking himself, do you want to be happy? Do you want to be free? And then the more you kind of go into the album, you you kind of it's like you're it's like you're taking a journey into J. Cole's thoughts, you know, and how he takes those steps to be happy, to be free. Um, what do you got for intro? Yeah, I mean this and again, we talked about this last week, but just he does such a good job of setting the tone right off the bat with these with these intros, these beginning songs. Mm-hmm. And this was this one really hit me because it's something I really realized lately that happiness really is a choice. And no matter what's thrown at you, you can always make, take a positive spin on it. And, you know, that's what he talks about. And it's just a short little song, you know, to kind of set the tone, but he says a lot in a, Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time and how, you know, you can free yourself from all these temptations in life. And, and that was something that was talked about a lot on born center was, the temptations and where they can take you and this was a song that was just like you can free yourself from that you know it's not going to make you happy you know everything that everything you need to make you happy is already within you you don't need these external pleasures or whatever you may look for for happiness like it's it's all there mm-hmm. and he kind of reminisces on you know chasing his dreams and and actually achieving them finally and and what it's really given him and it's it's just a beautiful way to start the album. Yeah, I think um you know, and this this podcast I'm not going to be wanting to like read the lyrics because you know, this podcast is trying trying to get the audience, you guys to kind of get involved and think about the music a little bit more and so you take your own time to do that, but I just know that there's so many just great 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 lyrics in this in this album but this song as well because in in the only verse you know he kind of sings about free from pain free from scars free to sing you know he's talking about all these things you could let go and free yourself from and then i think the the best rhyme in here in this in this uh song is to reach the stars you take the time to look behind and say look where i came look how far i didn't came you know, and that's, you know, we talked about gratitude a little bit, right, in the last couple of podcasts, but that's kind of what he's speaking of. You know, you could focus on all these things you're trying to free yourself from, and you could focus on, like, what do I do to be happy? But it's it, sometimes it can be just as easy as, like, look where I am now, you know? And I think that's the realization that he has in this song. Um, moving on to January 28th, and th- we're going to talk about, you know, we've talked about how musically he is just really good at hooking the audience in. And so you have this slow piano song where he's really introspective and he's like thinking, you know, how, what, what can I do? What, what do I want to do to be happy? What do I want to do to be free? And then right after you get this hard hitting beat January 28th and uh, it's back to, you know, the cold that we know as a hip hop artist. Yeah, and and seriously, and this is something again talked about last week with Born Center because I think he really started to 
understands the the sonic part of it mm-hmm. and not to say that the prior stuff was bad but i mean he i i think even going back to cold world his ear for the sound i think has been second to none really but born center i think he really started to nail it and and master it and forest hills drive is just a product of that mm-hmm. and that's that's one reason why i think this album has just been so influential is that it's it's like the culmination of everything he's done in his life musically and personally put into one album and mm-hmm. it just it's such a beautiful showcase for for his career and and yeah i mean this the the flow sonically from the intro to this i think was beautiful and i really love this song and and he does this in other songs too but he he's very good at telling like three separate stories in one song yeah <laughs> and with with each verse he has in his own story like the first verse is basically about a lot of the stuff he's talked about already with just you know black people being killed in the streets and how you know he, he's looking back on his childhood and having friends he used to play ball with in the street all of a sudden you know they're putting him in a coffin mm-hmm. and and just that's something that he's never really going to get away from because no matter where he is in life, like that's still important to him because the people he grew up with, you know, some, some people he's losing. And then the second verse, you know, he gets more into that too with how black people aren't really valued in society unless they're athletes or musicians basically. And he is not at all the first person to talk about this, but it's, it's just something again, that's never going to really go away. Mm -hmm. It seems, but he also, you know, talks about, and this, he talks about this later in the album too. It's really interesting how he feels like he almost can't even like trust people he grew up with anymore because a lot of them are stuck in this mind state where they feel like they just are, they're never really going to grow. And obviously he's done a ton of growth to get to where he is. And he just talks about how, you know, there's, there's egos getting in the way of lifelong friendships and, he wants to put that aside and just remember the good times with those people, but sometimes he can't. And, you know, it's, it's just a really, really great song. And, and the one thing about this, this album that you can start to notice as you listen through it is he basically goes in chronological order of his life. Mm-hmm. So January 28th is, you know, his birthday. So that's, that's kind of the starting point of the story for him. And he talks, obviously, like I said, um, a lot of childhood stuff, but d- this was a really interesting way to kind of tie a lot of the the earlier music into one song where he's he's reminiscing on his past but also recognizing what he what he is now yeah, and like you mentioned um he kind of starts starts this song off as you know classic j cole it's a, it's it's essentially the pseudo intro for the song if you wanna or for the album you know it's the first actual you know, kind of like hip hop song in comparison to kind of just a storytelling device that the intro was for, although it was a good song. Um, and so you, you kind of, in the first verse, it's kind of old Cole, you know, he's talking like, I'm the greatest, I'll prove it already. If you'd like, I'll do it twice. I mean, the, the verses are insane, like absolutely insanely written. But then as you mentioned, he starts talking about um, how all these people that he grew up with are, you know, growing up to, you know, being killed in the streets. And, you know, he, and 
one of my favorite lines of this um, song. And he's so good at, at bringing you on a journey, like we talked about last week. And so uh, in the second verse, he's talking, you know, kind of to his friends. And um, he's like, let's put our egos aside, right? And should our worst t- tendencies turn us into enemies? I hope that kind of we remember the good times. But, he, you know, he uses that as a device to switch back into kind of the theme of what I think the song is. Because he mentions, you know, when uh, when hove around, we'll switch up to that do say. Got to show respect. We'll try to date. One day we're trying to say where you say because we're because we're from where you from. And I think the most interesting part is right after he says, "I'm not talking about the slums. I'm talking about that mindset that you mentioned. You know, of keeping these." you know, black people uh, suppressed to an extent and keeping them dying by, uh, by themselves or, you know, killing themselves. And then he said, yeah, I said something, you know, and that's what we're going to get. That's what you kind of get in this whole album. And of course the next song, what dreams is a little bit of a switch up, but like you mentioned before, it's kind of like a story of his life through Hollywood, but then he has these, it's like an onion. You know, he has other other layers and other themes in each song and just in general throughout the whole album, which is why I think, like we mentioned, we could come back to it and just learn more and more every time. So, Yeah, and, and one thing that I've noticed about Cole when he talks about the how black people uh, basically suppress themselves with, like, this mind state, you know, obviously, and I'm a huge proponent of, uh, you have to make decisions for yourself. And, you know, if you want to be who you want to be, like that's, that's, it really just falls on you. But one thing I wish he would have talked a little bit more about is that like these, these mind states are taught. Mm-hmm. It, it, just a mind state of every single person is instilled in you. And I think that's why a lot of people that are kind of born well off already don't struggle with this as much because they're, they're taught differently. Mm -hmm. And, and this is something I've I've talked about so much with how to really get rid of these issues. I, our education system just needs to be improved because these inner city schools are worthless. Like if, if these inner city schools did their job, we wouldn't have poverty anymore. I truly believe that. Like yeah. education. Or if they had the it, money, if they had the resources to do their job, you know, if they, if, if it was distributed in a way that, you know, we could possibly fix these issues, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, what's so troublesome about it is we have the resources. Like if, and not to get political, but it, I, I don't care about what party you are. These we've had these same problems for 40 years, 50 years, ever since segregation ended, like a lot of the same issues we have are still here. Mm-hmm. And it's because our government just has not done the, the proper job of fixing that. Um, <clears throat> so I wish that was one thing I, I, and I noticed this on the past records was I wish he would have talked a little bit more about that, about how like people, these people are instilled with this mindset at a young age. That's why they grow up to that point. And, and I also wish Cole would have talked a little bit more about how he actually got out of that mind state because, mm-hmm. you know, he was, he was pre-internet pretty much. I mean, he, the internet was there, but he was young when it first came out. Like nowadays, it doesn't matter who your parents are, or what school you go to. If you have access to the internet, you can learn anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not something he really had. So I would, I would love to know where that, that mind state came from because, 
when he talks about his parents, he doesn't always, he most of the time talks about them kind of in a negative light. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have been interested to know where exactly or how exactly he got into the mind state that he got into. Yeah. And I think the the third verse in this January 28th song, uh, I mean, it all kind of connects, but um, he's essentially saying um, like, you could be anyone, but you're not the God, you know? And like, you're, and he's not saying, you know, you're not some existential Christian God that we kind of think of. No, you, what he's kind of saying is call the God, you know, you are your own God, January 28th. And that's why I love like the the title of the song. And then him kind of coming full circle in this song alone. And he's like, no, I'm the God, you know? And I think that kind of relates to that mindset. And he talks about it a little bit more in 03 Adolescence about how, you know, he comes to some of these realizations. But then you go to Wet Dreams, which is the third song on this album. And that's kind of more like the old Cole that, that we kind of know, you know, the kind of talking about, but in a different light, but still talking about those, you know, relationships with women. And, and this time it's like, he's so much more open about, you know, what's go- what happened and how he, you know, kind of lost his virginity. Right. And so I think that's why there's a different aspect to this song. Uh, in comparison to the other, you know, women-centered songs that he's written before. Yeah, and and this is, I think, and this is why this record is such a great example of how he turned the tides, basically, on what he wanted to talk about. Because instead of just talk, instead of basically bragging about how many girls he's sleeping with and all that, mm-hmm. you really start to see a shift. And you could see it on the end of Born Center start to shift towards this, mm-hmm. but... On, on this song and, and later songs, he talks more about, you know, the the change of his view on women and all that. But this this was really just kind of like a teaching moment. It wasn't really bragging. Mm-hmm. He was just talking about the time he lost his virginity. And it's kind of funny because he, you know, he talks about how he felt like he needed to be the man and he needed to, he, he thought this girl had a ton of experience and all that. So he he talks about how he did all this research to find out how to put a condom on and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And and once he actually gets there with her, she doesn't know shit. Mm-hmm. And, and she thinks that he he's so experienced. And it's just I think it's just kind of like a, a little lesson I took from it is that, you know, no matter how people act, they don't always they might not always be who they try to represent. And it's just kind of funny. Like you don't you don't need to always act like the man mm-hmm. because the likelihood is that other person is not the man or the woman either, you know? And it's just kind of funny how, how uh, he told the story. And, and I, I think this is a perfect example of his storytelling skills yeah. that he really developed at this point of his career where he's able to turn a life story into just a great song no matter who you are. And, and it was, uh, I really love this song going back and listening to it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely like one of the more hip song songs, like catchy songs that you listen to and you're like, yeah, it's, that's just a good sounding song. But I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the storytelling and like, it's, it's to the point where he's gotten so good that he can, you know, make a chorus and connect it to the, as you were talking about earlier, he kind of like, tells different parts of the story but he connects the chorus to the different parts like like you mentioned i never did this before no originally he was talking about 
um, himself. And then by the end of the song, you realize it's a girl kind of saying, I've never done this before, you know? And so that, that is just, like you mentioned, that is kind of like the, the compilation or the, 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 the trophy of the storytelling and musical uh, ear for the sound. You know, he really, really does. And like we mentioned, it's, it's good to kind of throw songs like this into such a content-driven album so that you don't have the audience just like kind of focusing every single time or every single song on what, what's this guy saying? What's this guy saying? It's like, okay, this is just a bop. You know, this one's just a bop. And then comes 03 Adolescence, which he is... I don't know how many times I've like shared the song on my Instagram story or, you know, this, and I, I, I try not to, you know, throw around terms like this too often so that whenever I do say it, 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 it kind of has a little, a little substance, but this might be the best song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And it's like it, the, the production, the intro, the beautiful kind of like, uh, lead up to into it and then the storytelling is incredible and you know he starts a song talking about how he you know was essentially in love with this girl or you know who how he thinks of himself right and the, the best part about this song is that each verse we could dissect and talk about like how it how it kind of shows a different side of Cole, but then at the very end, it, it, he come, brings it all back together. And so um, in this first verse, he kind of talks about how he wished he wasn't shy, which is a little bit more fly. <laughs> um, that how he, he feels that if, if he was like this better version, this ball player, then this girl would like him. But, um, and I love the basketball reference as well, because it's like my conf or he's on the bench because my lack of confidence won't let me fly. And it's that realization. It's that realization that it might not be any of these physical things that's holding us back. It might just be his idea of himself. Um, and so you got anything more for that first first verse? I mean, we could do a whole pod over this song alone, you know? Well, you know who this girl is, Will? Yeah. This is Dreams Girl, baby. Is it really? Dreams Girl, Power Trip. Oh my I mean, how how could it how could it not be? Yeah. He talks about this girl on every album, damn dude. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 again, this is something we've seen in, in the prior two pods that he he always connects these albums. There's there's a connected tissue somewhere, mm-hmm. and he and this is not the the first or last time he'll do it on this album, where he he references something that he talked about on a prior album, and I mean I mean you know there's not a a guarantee that that's the same girl, but I'm imagining just the way he's talked about her before, yeah. where he's viewing this girl from like a a far distance. He doesn't really know her but he's just convinced himself like this is the girl for him. But he feels like, I mean, the first line is I grew up a fucking screw up, you know, he, Mm -hmm. he has no confidence in himself, so he never chases it. Mm -hmm. And, and this, I just love the end of this verse because, you know, he's, he's looking back on it and he's like, you know, I, I may have missed this girl. This could be my dream girl, but I've got way too many other issues right now. I can't think about that. And, the end of that first verse, dreaming quiet, trying to dodge a suit and tie, you know, just talking about living in New York City and and trying to become a rapper and not have to work that corporate life that a lot of people fall into. 
and become miserable in. And then he ends it, who am I? So he's like, it's just a beautiful way to, I mean, this is basically like his first, his first couple of albums all told in one verse. Yeah, literally. (laughs) He he just condenses all that into one verse where he's like, you know what? I was chasing this girl, but man, I'm trying to become a rapper. I'm trying to figure out who I am and I just gotta, just gotta keep moving forward. Yeah. And then the chorus and like I talked about on wet dreams, the way he's able to kind of Seeing the chorus, but have you think of it in a different light each time is really, really incredible. And just just to, just shows you how good of a storyteller and how good he is at putting these kind of songs together. I mean, things change, rearrange, and so do I. It ain't always for the better. I mean, every single, I, he's so good at, you know, telling you how he, you know, how he feels about himself. And, you know, he's not, it's kind of like he's not putting up this kind of fake confidence anymore. He's more focused on figuring out who he is, you know? And so that's why he's not afraid to um, say, if you see my tears fall, just let me be, move along, nothing to see, because he's more focused on figuring himself out. And it's just great that he's able to put it in such a good song, you know, and kind of correlates so many different ideas with him trying to discover himself and then so going into the second verse um he talks about you know how he you know in high school or how he always like work try as hard as he can you know um and then sell but you know it's a different it's a different lifestyle being black than it is being white you know and he kind of talks about that a lot in this song specifically and how he wishes he could, he wanted back in his days, he wanted to kind of be, um, you know, sell weed and still sell stuff like that. And he says, um, dime for a dub, them white boys ain't no, no better. And then he says, what's $20 to uh, like a white kid? He tells his pops he needs some lunch and he's going to get it right back. And so um, what do you got for the second verse, Hughes? Yeah, and this is another uh, just beautiful example of storytelling. But he he's he's almost jealous of his friend because his mom just lets him smoke weed in the house and like do whatever he wants. And his mom, you know, he doesn't really say it outright, but he kind of implies that she's a little bit more controlling of what he does. And he's talking to this dude like, man, I, I wish I had the freedom of you. I wish I could be like you. Mm-hmm. And his friends like, dude, like if, if we weren't friends, I would call you a clown because you don't understand what I would give up to be you. Like me and my siblings, like the reason I can smoke weed in the house is because our mom doesn't care about us. And, yeah. and she just lets us do whatever we want. And even if that's, that's doing bad stuff, she doesn't care. And he's like, you know, I'm making money right now, but, and it seems like a lot, but in a matter of a few years, I'm still going to make the same money. And you're going to be doing great things. And, and it really gives him that perspective of like, wow, like I wish I, I, I wish I realized the opportunity I have. Like my mom is, we started off worse than we are and look where we're at. And, you know, thanks to that guidance, I'm going to be able to go to college and, and do what I love. And it really just gives him that perspective that like, he's the lucky one. And it seems to him like he's kind of, losing right now compared to some of these people but really all of them recognize that he's actually the one that's blessed yeah and um 
kind of going into that realization, he says, I felt ashamed to have ever complained and about my lack of gear and how far we done came. Um, you know, and it's that realization that he was talking about in that initial part of the song where he's like, where he doesn't have the confidence to fire. He doesn't believe in himself enough to go after these girls. It's, it's like him finally coming to that realization that, oh, wait, I, you made a genius. That's why he's telling his mom, you made a genius and I'm not going to take it for granted. I'm not going to settle for lesser. I'm not going to take what they handed. He's going to take what they owe you and show you that I can fly. And then this line right here, and show old girl what she's missing, the illest homie alive. You know, and it's like, that's why this song, I think, is so magical because it, it, it's like a, he, he finds this realization through the story that he tells about his life. And now it's like to the point where I am that guy. I am a genius. I can do this. I mean, and he's already proved himself in the rap game. And so that's another interesting part about it. Like, it's not like he's trying to prove himself in the rap game anymore. It's like he's trying to prove himself to himself. And then, um, so yeah, 03 Adolescence, <sighs> so good. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, 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 it's just so good. One of my favorite songs of all time and definitely a reason why. Um, definitely, it shows, you know, it's 03 Adolescence. It's, it, it's that, you know, child phase of him. And it's like, like I just mentioned, it's like him finally coming to that real, realization that like, I am a genius. I can't do this. And so um, Tale of Two Cities is up next. And again, it's just such a switch up. You know, it's such a switch up sonically um, from the, the song before. This one's such a hard hitting, um, you know, kind of rap song. Um, what do you got for Tale of Two Cities? Yeah, this is an, a really interesting one. And, and this goes back to uh, a lot of the Born Sinner stuff, especially towards the end where he just talks about kind of the poor mentality and how he really had to overcome this poor mentality by just doing things and achieving things. But a lot of people don't really have that right. Basically not the right, but they don't, they don't end up ever having the chance to do that. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't necessarily reference it all together, but I think he's trying to say the two sides of New York city, basically. Because he talks about New York City a ton, and because he was, he just came from Fayetteville, very you know poor, poverty-stricken city, and now he's he's in the the city that controls the world, basically with with all this money, and he you know he talked a lot about in Born Center about uh, the white man and and how he you know what he's trying to do to his people and all that and he kind of talks about on this song, you know, some of that same stuff with, with all these rich people kind of walking around, but then you got the same people in that same city that they don't, they don't understand what it's like to have that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, the, you know, the nice watches or whatever, the nice cars. And they also don't realize that that stuff is not everything. And, and he's, he talks about how, you know, people just don't know no better because they don't have anything mm-hmm. and the value that society puts on things makes it seem like that's, that's what's going to make you, you know, who you want to be. And for, for some of these people to realize that the, the things aren't all that they, they have to get them somehow. And the, the story in this song is that they get it through, you know, robbing people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think it's so interesting too because you see, you know, you have all these themes, right, of these individual songs, but it's it's him growing up, you know, as, as when you look at it as a, him as an album as a whole or this 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 song within the album as a whole, you get Wet Dreams where he, January 28th like his birthday is initial Wet Dreams, which is him losing his virginity, 03 Adolescence, um, which is him, you know, kind of coming to this realization of who he is to an extent. And then you kind of, then he kind of puts it in context to, because you could look at the Tale of Two Cities, you could look at it as like a reference to Fayetteville, or you could kind of, like you mentioned, you could also look at it as um, a reference to New, New York City. And then at the end, the outro, where he's like, he's kind of getting back into his introspect himself. And he's like, you know, forgive me for everything that I've done for this world that we look at is, you know, cloudy and gray. And a lot of those tendencies that he just talked about is, is, is why, you know, that's why. And so, um, it, again, this 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 song, this album as a whole is just so well put together. It, it is just so well put together, and um, you know. And then he goes into Fire Squad, which Fire Squad is another one of um, my favorite uh, songs on this album. Actually, this these three that we just went over would be my um, three song medley if I had to t- if I had to pick three. Um, oh, three adolescence, Tale of Two Cities, and then Fire Squad, um, but. What I want to talk about in Fire Squad is his, it just sounds so good. I mean, the production, it hits you, the bass, you know, it kind of all goes together so well. So what do you have over Fire Squad? Yeah, this was a really good song too. And I kind of got a come up vibe on this. Mm -hmm. You know, he talked, this, this is kind of the point where he's, he feels like he's sitting at the top and Again, he he does such a great job of laying these albums out. This this is kind of like heading towards the peak of the album where he's he's getting to fame and he's kind of realizing some of the downsides to it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, what I really took away from it is the chorus. Um, I think he's talking kind of just about the people in his life or his old life mm-hmm. that are kind of holding him back from trying to get to where he want to go. And he's... He's like, if you, uh, he talks about, um, he says, tell me girl, why are you stressing me for time? When you tell me you love me, can't you see I'm trying to climb? So he's talking about, you know, this, this girl that's kind of trying to hold him down and just keep him where he's at. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if you really love me, like you recognize, you got to recognize that I'm trying to, to do what's best for me, whether that's what's best for you or not. And then he talks about, you know, friends. He's like, if you're scared to take a chance, how the fuck are we going to get rich? Mm-hmm. And he's just talking about, you know, people in his life that are just basically complacent where they're at and, and they're comfortable. But something we've talked about on here before and something we'll continue to talk about is if, if you want to grow in life, like you gotta, you gotta take some chances and do some things that are going to make you uncomfortable. And I don't think Cole was really uncomfortable with the moves he was making because he had that faith. But the people around him, they just kind of wanted to chill. And I think the song was kind of a, um, just a showcase of some of the things he talked about earlier, too, where he's like, you know, I love these people that I grew up with. But for to do what's best for me, I kind of have to keep a distance for them because they're going to try to hold me back. Yeah. And then in the third verse, he talks um, 
he talks about how um you know white performers have stolen you know kind of a lot of the sound like he mentioned in different genres uh from you know black or people of color just in general uh he talks about how um you know Elvis did that with rock and roll, um, Eminem and Malcolm Moore uh, to an extent. And then he, uh, one of my, this song, the end of this has a lot of good lines, but he says, watch Iggy win a Grammy as I try to try to crack a smile. I'm just playing, but all jokes contain true shit. <laughs> and, you know, because it is true. And he, what he's trying to do, obviously, and I think in this whole album, this whole is, as a whole is bring to awareness, bring, bring the awareness of, you know, that that stuff has happened and it is continuing to happen and not just in you know not just in music you know kind of as in, in, as a whole white people will kind of find something they like and try to make it their own you know and then in the outro which this outro kind of i think connects the initial song to uh, or january 28th to kind of what he's talking about in the album um, he says, we're all kings. Kings is ourself, uh, first and foremost. And then he talks about how um, how everyone's just trying to, like, who's this king of the rap gang? Who's the best rapper in the world? And here comes old Jermaine, and he grabs a crown, and then he fucking breaks it. And he says, there is no more kings. Be wary of any man that claims, because deep down he clings onto the need for power. In reality, he's a coward. Ultimately, he's scared to die, and sometimes so am I. And then, um, then he says, I, he realizes that the fear lies in his lack of awareness of the other side. And that, you know, we talk about awareness so much, but I mean, for him to put that in just an album as a whole uh, or in, in a song and make it sound good. And, you know, these are, these are ideas that I think need to be kind of discussed more. And I, I think that's what makes this album so good, so good, because he just brings up he's able to connect these big picture ideas to uh, his life. Right. And, and how it fits into his life. And he says different kinds of skin, different set of eyes, two different minds, but only one God. Um, and then he says, it's all, it's for all the Kings. Cause I know deep down every poet just want to be loved. And I, he says poet, but I think, you know, he, you could prefer to ev- just an everyday person, anyone, because a lot of, I mean, everyone, I like to think, and I'm not, you know, necessarily certain about this, but I like to think that everyone's trying their best. Everyone's reaching, doing a lot of what they can or doing a lot of what they do because they just want to be loved. They want to feel attention. They want to get affection from other people. And for Cole to put this in in, in an album and, you know, this, this, this is one of the parts that you kind of just gloss over and you don't really kind of think about whenever you're listening to it for um, just, you know, just for enjoyment. But then, you know, when you give yourself the opportunity to go deep and actually kind of analyze these things, it's actually fucking insane that he puts it in in like 2014, you know, and it's like, that's why, that's why everyone likes J. Cole. That's why Cole is where he is because he's so introspective and he's so honest and courageous. You know, I mean, these, this isn't the shit that, I mean, no one, no one in the hip hop game kind of puts this stuff out. I mean, you could argue Kendrick to an extent kind of talks about stuff along the lines of this, but you know, it's, it's his thoughts, it's his emotions. And, um, you know, he's just really, really good at putting it into music form. 
Yeah, as far as rappers go, I mean, I think he's he's had the best balance of both being aware and also having the ability to explain that awareness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just like to imagine that as he's making albums or maybe even leading up to it, um, I, he seems like the type of guy that would journal. Mm-hmm. I would imagine I would imagine a lot of these songs are years in the making because he's constantly laying out his thoughts. And that's why I don't do it as much as I'd like, but I think journaling is a huge, is very important thing for people to do just, just to get, cause we have so many thoughts bouncing around in our minds yeah. and to put all that on paper, it, it can really help you figure out where you're at. And I would like to think that he did that because his ability to discover these lessons and then tell them so elegantly mm-hmm. is really second to none, as you said. And, and I just think he, he has such a beautiful message at the end of that. And, and he's talked about it before, but he's like, don't, don't idolize these people that, that society wants you to idolize, like politicians, musicians, like any celebrities, really. Mm-hmm. Like you can be these people. Like I, I have proven that you can come from the bottom and, and be who you want to be, but you have to just look inside and realize, you know, you're a king, you're your own God and, and you control your destiny, but you just have to have the courage to chase that. Yeah. And it's kind of like you're talking about just some mindset, you know, and I think that's what it, the mindset that keeps the poor people poor or, you know, black people uh, in the state that like he mentioned before, it's, it, and it's cool realizing that you could do it. I mean, like you mentioned, like you mentioned, you could do it. And, you know, I think what he's trying to say is like, whenever you put these uh, celebrities or, you know, politicians on a pedestal, that could be one of the things that is holding you back because you think that they are above you. But in reality, we're all kings, kings of ourselves, first and foremost. And I mean, that's what he says literally in this song. All right. And then we go to St. Tropez, St. Tropez, whatever. I think it's Tropez, though, because that's how, at least he makes it rhyme with, I like to go to St. Tropez, roll up and smoke my sins away. What do you think about this song? It's definitely, um, it's definitely like a kind of a break in the album. And not necessarily that's a bad song, but it's, um, he's on his way to Hollywood. You know, he's, he's, he's here and he's kind of just, it's him like kind of like that final stage of doubt as he's on his way is like, can I do this? Am I scared? Am I scared to fly? What'd you think about this one? Yeah, it, it has major like interlude vibes vibes yeah. and, mm-hmm. and he doesn't actually call it an interlude, but it, it really feels like that. And, and I was reading through the lyrics and I mean, I was, I had a general message that he was trying to convey, but I, I felt like I needed more and thank God for the internet. I actually found a video of him at a concert discussing what the song meant and and now reading back to this first verse, you can really see it. He the point of this song is, is that there's a lot of people that you know grow up in like Fayetteville or whatever these small towns, and they look at the New York cities, the LA's, the Londons of the world, and they always talk about how they want to go there. But again, going back to the comfort thing, people just never leave where they come from, and they're they never take themselves to that next level because they just want to feel comfortable. And right off the bat, he's like, roll up and smoke my sins away. I'd like to go to St. Tropez. Maybe I'll go, maybe I'll stay. 
And so basically what he's saying there is like, you know, I'm just going to smoke, smoke away my ambitions and, and not really care. Like I'll, I'll kind of maybe flirt with the idea of going to somewhere bigger, but I don't know. And then he's like, she asked me if I'm scared to fly. I'm terrified. I've never been that high before. Very bad reason not to go. And I just think that's a beautiful, again, man, like 10 lines or whatever it is just mm-hmm. of genius work where he doesn't waste a single line mm-hmm. and he's like, it's okay. If you're scared, like you gotta, you gotta go. And, and if you're scared, then it's probably a sign that you really should go because mm-hmm. you're stepping out of your comfort zone. And then he moves right on to like, you know, he finally, he finally got out of that mindset of being scared. And now he's on his Hollywood, on his way to Hollywood and he's about to get paid. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's just a, I think it was a really interesting song and it, it's short, you know, but it, it conveys the message that you just got to go, go get what you want. Yeah. And like he said, like he talked about in um, fire squad, f- the fear lies in the lack of awareness for the other side. You know, he's never been that high before. That's a terrible reason not to go. You know, I've never been, you know, that's a terrible reason not to, and this one's like, it's a repetitive song, right? It's kind of, like you mentioned, I think I, I didn't think of it that way before, but an interlude, you know, that's if there is an interlude on this album, that's probably what it is. But at the same time, it's still, uh, I, I mean, it fits perfectly into the album as a whole, uh, just like every other fucking song on this album. And then you get GOMD, which I mean, that is a, you know, that is a kind of radio, radio song, but it's 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 perfect it's a radio sounding song but it's so good you know with with the content and you know he's in hollywood he's kind of arrived he's he's there i mean he mentions that Hughes, what do you got yeah so this this was kind of going back to an earlier song too where he's he's become who he wants to be i mean right off the bat he's like hollywood cole you know like this is kind of who he is now and he feels like he can't go back to his hometown anymore because of who he is. Like he, some people think he's too good for him there. And, and then he, he kind of talks about how just overcoming those demons and going back and kind of confronting some of these people. And, and he, he also has a little bit of an introspection where he's like, you know, what was this me? Is this my fault? You know, maybe I should just go back to who I was. So these people accept me again. But then he's like, nah, like, this is who I want to be. Like, if it's if, if they don't like me, that's that's their fucking problem. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned how he tells like three different stories uh, or in, in um, a lot of his songs, like the first the first verse, he's kind of like, you know, rapper, a uh, classic rapper, get off my dick. You know, this is I'm, I'm that guy. I'm the I'm I'll, uh, you know, light you up. I'll shoot you. And I think he's. You know, it's kind of like a metaphor to like, I'll kill your ass in the game, right? But then he, um, but then he talks about, you know, this is the part that the thugs skip, you know, and then he talks about that deep, he talks about that deep introspection uh, about uh, this girl, which, you know, could be Dreams Girl still. Um, but at the end, um, he's still saying, like, get off my dick. Um, I think that's that's what I kind of took from this this song. It's like I could talk about this stuff, how I actually f- care about this girl, and still be a hip hop rapper. And so it's like he's saying, "Get off my dick" to the rappers again. Only it's like he's going to do whatever he wants. 
Yeah, and and again, this this is an important development for the how he sees women thing, and the next song is completely about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's interesting that he is finally talking about love and like the way that you know basically an adult talks about it where he's, he's like, you know, like that, the, the chasing women thing is just, it has, it has an expiration date on it. Mm -hmm. And he's finally recognized that, you know, he's, he's ready to, to have that genuine love in his life. And, and yeah, as you mentioned, if, if people don't want to hear that, then they can, they can just not listen to it. Yeah, and I I bought the uh, I think I mentioned this on the last pod, but I bought the uh, the vinyl, and it makes so much sense that this is the first song on the second uh, the second disc, you know, and because we talked about you know in all of his albums how he kind of he's able to give you a theme of the album, and then in the second half he kind of goes into a bit more detail, and it really really switches it up. And, you know, so he, and again, we've talked about, we, we talked about how he kind of tells a story about his, his journey to Hollywood. Right. But at the same time, he's telling the story about himself, you know, and his mindset. And so, like you said, and then you, um, you go to, what is it? Hello. After the song. Uh, no role models, no role models, you know, and the, the second half of this, this album is, you know, it's, 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 it's not him kind of like explaining, um, his, I mean, come up. I mean, obviously it is, but it's an onion, you know, the more I listen to it, it's like no role models, but he's here right now. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's so simple, but he talks about like, and I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a look into the black, um, experience as well in the black community, how other than, you know, like you mentioned, having a um, artist or a basketball player, you know, there's no role models um, for for black people to look at. And as you mentioned, that could, I think he's trying to say that that is another kind of limiting device that society puts on poor or black people as well. Yeah, and, and that was something, I forget the song, he was talking earlier about um, how, well, yeah, he was talking about how like if if you're not an athlete or musician then there's you got no heroes on tv like mm-hmm. the only the only black people you see on tv are the ones getting killed mm-hmm. so it it's just contributes to that mindset where it's like they just they feel like they they have nothing because there's just no positive affirmation for them basically there's no great examples that are just constantly being circulated so they don't know what what to do and and just to transition to no role models, I mean, I'm just reading through the beginning of this and like there's stuff I'm recognizing now that I didn't even realize yes, just yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, and, and I noticed that this was kind of a follow-up to daddy's little girl from cold world, which okay. is the very last song how, and again, this is where that connective tissue starts to show, but in daddy's little girl, he's talking about, this girl he meets that is just in the club all the time, you know, getting drunk and it, and her dad is like hyping her up. It's like her her dad is not a positive influence on her and her dad is happy to see her, you know, being this type of girl. And, 
and Jay Cole is just like, wow, like you really, you know, you don't have that fatherly figure to guide you the right way. And this song, I mean, right off the bat, one time for my LA sisters, one time for my LA hoes, lame people can't tell the difference. One time for a person who knows it, he's like these, and, and this is something I think he sees in LA a lot. And this is not surprising for someone that doesn't even live in LA that a lot of people that live in LA they're they're chasing that the the fame and like all the fun basically temptations that Cole talks against mm-hmm. that that's what LA is mm-hmm. and and he just when he goes out there he realizes that these women out there like they basically have no morals and a lot of people are happy to just sleep around with them because they don't either but the real people that understand this stuff, like they, they know what he's talking about. And then he's like, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Yeah. Like she, she, she wants to be that person that she is and, and you can't do anything about it. And then basically right off the bat and they say it's the second verse, but I, I just, I just say it's the first verse where he's like, he's talking about his life and how he had no role models and here he is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's kind of going down this path where he's just sleeping around with random girls and he's got a good girl back home, but he found Trina and he's, he's, he's going to break up with his girl so he can sleep with Trina. And, and then after, you know, they have sex or whatever, this girl says he's spoiled and rich cause he can have any girl he wants. And then he has this realization that, the reason he treats women like this is because they're just chasing him for clout basically. And a lot of these women he wanted when he was younger, they want him now. And he realized it's not because of who he is. It's because of, it's because of what he has basically. Mm -hmm. And so this whole song is basically just about these, these girls that don't have role models. They just, they just kind of treat themselves like in a, in a really bad way. And they, they'll chase the fame and, and the, the clout because that's all they know. And, and Cole really realizes at this point, he's, he's over these women. Like he, he's done with these girls that are going to sleep with him just cause he's Jay Cole. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, he realizes at this point that he wants to finally just find um, a girl that he can settle down with. Yeah. And then uh, in the next song, Hello, he really uh, kind of goes even more into that, you know, and I, Hello is another one of my personal favorite songs on this album, but it's, it's just this real in-depth look of um, like his, his lack of a love life as genius kind of mentions, you know, and, and it's, he tells a story about, you know, if he, went to marry this girl that he feels about or to be with this um, girl that he cares this way about, you know, he'd have to be the step pop, the stepfather to her kids like forever. And he doesn't even have his own. And he said he doesn't have a home. And, um, and then sonically as well, I think this song is, is just really beautifully written. You know, it's got a really nice build up to it. Um, you know, in the bridge, he says, shit seems so sad when you look back and over and over and over and over. And then, he's, and then on the second verse, when the beat hits on the rebound, like a book back, and it's like this confidence, you know, it's like he's found that confidence again. 
Yeah, and again, this was a um, a really interesting song because he's kind of regretting like passing on this girl mm-hmm. that I guess he could have had back in the day, but again, he was too busy chasing these women that didn't really care about him that he he just looked over. He's like, whatever. But now he's like calling her like, hello, hello, like pick up. And she's not picking up because she's got like she found someone that settled down and someone that she was willing to have kids with. He's like, damn, like those could have been my kids. What do what do I have now? Like I I have this career, I have all these achievements, but you know, that's it's it's not it's not enough at this point. I, I want something, you know, to I want a girl to settle down with. I want a place of my own that I can really just sit back and enjoy this with. And but then he realizes later on in the second bridge where he's like, it ain't no looking back, it's mm-hmm. all good. Like I you know, I can look back all I want and, and reminisce and regret, but that's not going to, that's not going to get me where I want to go. So he's like, you know what? It, it sucks to th- happen this way, but I'm going to, I just got to move forward and I'm eventually going to find that one for me. Yeah. And then, and apparently uh, it's like, he takes the focus off of, you know, finding that girl or finding the one that he's meant to meant to be with. And I think that's why he puts it right after a low and he has this realization of kind of the uh, consequences that of, you know, going to New York and living the life that he thought he wanted to live had to his mother, you know, and how, I mean, he mentions it um, in the song, but how he left left his mom essentially alone, you know, trying to figure it out. And they said um, the home that she was living in was was foreclosed, and he was out in New York City chasing panties. And it, this is just another really, really reflective song that J. Cole has. And it's it, the, the reason it's so good is because of the genuine, the genuine nature and how he's so vulnerable on, um, on, on the verses. How could you be so strong? How could I be so selfish? I know I could be so selfish. And then, um, then he kind of compares the relationship that he wants um, with, with, a girl that's not his mom to how his mom was treating him and how, how he loves her just like I love you. And this, again, this is one of the most probably listened to songs on the album and it definitely sounds good. And it's kind of like a radio hit to an extent, but uh, the narrative is, is just really incredible. And I mean, we talked about Cole's vulnerability and that's what makes him kind of who he is, but this song really, really shows it. Yeah, and I'll just say I it's tough to pick a favorite song, but I think this might be my favorite. Every mm-hmm. time it comes on, I just kind of feel a different type of way. Mm-hmm. And my three song medley is No Role Models, Hello, and Apparently. Yeah. It's just those those three songs back to back to back, I just think are awesome. And I mean, first of all, like I just love how he starts it saying this is my canvas, I'm gonna paint it how I want it. Yeah. And and again, that's just more more discussion of how you control your life. You know, you can do what you want. And, and then a couple lines later, he's like, there's no right or wrong, only a song. And that's, that's something I've realized lately too. It's like these songs, like our life is a song. Like it's, it's just something that continues to develop and, and, you know, you don't really want to get to the end. Like that, that was an interesting um, kind of metaphor, I guess, for life. 
like life is like a song. Like you don't really want to, you don't want to get to the end of it. You you're enjoying it as it's going. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, there's going to be things that some people don't like about your song, but it's your song and it doesn't matter whether you make mistakes or not, you know, it, it's your song. And yeah, again, more, more regret kind of on, on his past life and how he was up in New York city, just again, chasing women. And meanwhile, back home, the place that he only knew his home, Fayetteville, his, his mom's getting foreclosed on, on this house that he grew up in. And he's like, man, like I was so selfish. How could I let you go through that? And, and he's really realizing that with, with this girl now that he found, um, he, he's, he's seeing that love and he's like, man, I wish, I wish we had more time together. Cause I, I regret how the past, whatever, five, five or so years have gone where, you know, he's, he obviously it paid off. I mean, he got to where he wanted to go, but he's realizing that he probably could have treated his, his mom better as, as he went along that journey. So again, just, just another great moment of, of introspection. Yeah. And then, and then the first chorus, you know, the first chorus I think is in, in, um, in reflection to his relationship with his mom, you know, I keep my head, I got my wings. Apparently you believe in me. Um, but I think whenever you get to, um, I think whenever you get to the ending of the song and the second time the chorus hits, he's really speaking to like the God that he believes in. You know, I keep my faith strong. I ask the Lord to follow me. I've been unfaithful. I don't know why you call on me. And I think it's this kind of realization of kind of why he's here and what he wants to do with his life. And um, you believe in me and I thank you for it. And then goes into um, love yours, which one of the greatest one of the great songs on this album too, you know, and, and it's the message and it's simple and it, you know, you kind of, it's kind of repetitive, but there's no such thing as a life that's better than yours. And that kind of connects to um, January 28th where originally, you know, you start this album and he's like, I'm the, I'm the God of my own life. And he's like, no one's a God. And then you get into fire squad and he talks about that kind of theme as well. Like, we're all kings, kings of ourselves, first and foremost. And then this one, it's just, I think the crux of the album um, where he's like, no such thing as a life that's better than yours. And he kind of talks about um, the struggle that he's been through and the things that he's been through and how a lot of people, you know, you want to compare the lives of his or other people or celebrities, which is again, another theme of this album to yours. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I mean, your life is your life, you know? And I think that's, I think that's a really ties the album together at the end very well. Yeah. And again, just another great discussion on the downsides of fame Mm -hmm. where I, I think he felt like he needed to chase all this stuff to be happy. And, and once he really got all that, he's like, wow, like this, this isn't everything it's, I thought it would be. And, you know, he's like, the good news is you came a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way. And he's like, you know what? Like you on the, on the road to fame and fortune, you know, you're going to get that stuff and and you're going to look back and be like, wow, like I did a lot, but then you're also going to look back and be like, wow. And again, this goes back to apparently where he's like, you, you know, you kind of treated some people the wrong way along the way. And, 
in order to get what you want, you may have sacrificed a little bit too much. And, and there's going to be some stuff you're not going to be able to get back, as he talked about. And apparently the time with his mother, he's not going to get back because of that. And he's, he's like, you know, he says think being broke was better. And he's like, you know, no disrespect to the people that don't have anything and, and don't aren't able to pay their bills. But, you know, the, the things that really matter in life is love. And like, that's, that's all you should really chase. And again, that's something that we talk about pretty much every pod now mm-hmm. and any chance I get to talk about it, I'm going to, because I, I just think like love is the answer to everything. It really is. Yeah. And that's exactly what he's saying here. It's like, you can have all the fame and fortune you uh, that you want, but at the end of the day, if you have a, a house full of people that you love and people that love you, you're going to be happy. And, and like in the second verse, He's like, for what's money without happiness or hard times without the people you love. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. It's like, you can have that big, beautiful house and all that money. But if you don't have people around you that, that help you through the hard times, because there'll be people there to help you through the easy times. Mm-hmm. Every, every, everyone's there when things are going well. But when things are going bad, you know, people start kind of flaking out on you. And, and those people that really stick around, that, that's who you got to stay by. Yeah, I mean, you you said it you said it perfectly, uh, Hughes. Um, there's always going to be, as he mentioned, there's always going to be a bigger house. There's always going to be a better whip. There's always going to be clothes, pressure, but you ain't never going to be happy till you love yours. And you know, in the search for happiness, I think society kind of puts on these um, ideas that you know, all the money, the fame, the the women or whatever, as Cole has discussed in this whole album is what's going to make you happy. But, you know, take it, take it from Cole. You know, that's what he's saying in this song. It's like, take it from me, man. It's not, I went the wrong way to an extent. And you have to, you know, you didn't, can't, he didn't go the wrong way. He still obviously enjoys, you know, living the life he does. But what he's, I think what he's trying to say is, you could love your life right now. You know, you just gotta, you know, choose to, and it's, it's tougher for some people. Don't get me wrong. Like based on your circumstances to have that realization. But I think that's another kind of point that Cole is trying to um, show in this song and then note to self, which that's, that's a pretty, pretty good song, man. Pretty good song. It kind of it's 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 got the same piano as um, the intro, and so it really brings this album full circle, of course. Um, but and he says, wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you see, it don't matter, you know. And I I think there's a lot that we could kind of talk about that um, talk about on in this in this uh, kind of outro track, whether it be the kind of content of the song as he wants but then he also spends like 10 minutes literally 10 minutes just like going on and on about you know the roll credits the roll credits but i think if to start with like the song essentially it's uh one 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 of the lines that really stuck with me is whatever we do whatever we see whatever we be it don't matter i don't mind because you don't matter i don't mind because i don't matter all shit don't matter we'll see in the end you know, because at the end of the day, it's like, we'll find out in the end if it matters. And so it's kind of like him saying, be whoever you want, be kind of yourself, you know, and then he kind of goes into, I've got a feeling that there's something more, something that holds us together. And I think that kind of goes with the love theme, 
that he was talking about and how when you say, you know, all you need is love, like the Beatles, right? All you need is love. And people will be like, it's, it can't be, it's not that simple, you know, but I think that's what he's kind of referencing when he says, I've got a feeling that there's something that holds us together, you know? Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. And, and again, this is like, he, he's just so good at it, it beginning and closing these albums, like perfectly tying that bow on it. Mm-hmm. And you know, this, I mean, this whole album is, is just a, a story into his mind frame at each point in his life and at the end of this album is like where he is now and and he realized you can throw all the other bullshit away like love is the only thing that ties us together and and as you kind of mentioned he he spends like 10 minutes thanking people at the end Mm -hmm. and and i was i was kind of reading through some of that yesterday to see if there was any takeaways and and one part i thought was interesting was he talks about uh, Drake and Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar and how some people may view them as like competitors, mm-hmm. but they're at the top together and like they they recognize each other and appreciate each other and and they want to show people that that love is the way to the top. You don't have to have beef with somebody or or fight someone or be negative mm-hmm. to move up. Like the the best and most natural way to do it is through love and as we've seen with both of those guys, they've made appearances on, on his albums and obviously not this one with the, the no features, but you know, just, just showing that, you know, it's like love goes a long way and it's going to help both people involved and, and and genuine love too, not fake love Mm -hmm. um, as Drake has talked about on songs. But um, you know, it's, I, I just think it's such a beautiful way to end it. And, uh, and it's called note to self. So like, it's almost like, it's almost like a journal to himself, you know, like, like just, you need to remember that, that love is what lasts and, and all the other stuff fades away, but, but love is truly eternal. Yeah. And he talks about that. Uh, and, and I think, you know, it's 10 minutes where he spends just kind of like chatting in the mic. Right. But there, there is stuff that you could pull out of it, you know, whether it's the content or whether it's him like him being himself and we've talked about his gen just him being so genuine this is a song that you know kind of shows it he doesn't give a fuck man he's gonna spend 10 minutes shout out 93 people shout out dale Earnhardt jr shout out fucking uh jonah hill and then he's be like nah i don't know those guys (laughs) i don't know i don't know those guys and so yeah and he says it all came full circle and I had to put this shit out in 2014, you know, and that's just another, that's why I love this album so much, man. And it's, it does, it does kind of feel like a full circle album. And I don't want to, I don't want to say it's the peak of his artistic career because like he has some good shit after, but it's, it's definitely the most cool album, you know, in my opinion, at least it's definitely the album where like, yeah, that guy just, I mean, that guy was in his wheelhouse right there. That was a perfect timing, perfect. And he, and it's interesting, as I was reading more into, into it, he actually made the album in Hollywood. And although it is, as in his words, like a fuck, fuck Hollywood album, you know, because he's, he's like giving this story of, as a person who's made it there, as we've talked about, about multiple songs, and saying, you know, love, love yourself, love your fucking family. And 
I don't know. I just I, this this album has always been been one that I've I've kind of like always gone back through every year and kind of listened to. And what's what's so impressive to me is whenever I was on my on a way to a baseball game back in high school, listening to this album, like thinking, yeah, this stuff sounds cool. Um, in 2014, it's like now with the six or seven years that have been in between that, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a completely different experience. And it's obviously, as we mentioned, still, still relevant, especially with the issues within the, um, within the nation that we're, we're still having, obviously, you know, black people are still getting killed in the streets. The Black Lives Matter um, movement was really big um, in this last summer of 2020. But, you know, this is the shit he was talking about in 2014. And it's still, still, if not more relevant than it was back then, you know? Yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be timeless. And, and I say that recognizing that like this, the, the future that we want in America is, is not going to get here very quickly. And it's sad to say that, mm-hmm. but I mean, look, it's been seven years since he did this. And like you just said, it's gotten worse really, or it's mm-hmm. at least stayed the same, which staying the same is worse almost because yeah. you think, you think each time it happens, we would fix stuff and it continues to happen. So it's, um, it, it's going to be, I think it's going to last a long time. And, and I think when, and hopefully the the decades and decades until he's you know gone off this earth, I think that's what people are going to look back on and say, "Wow, like this this was this was who Joel, J Cole was." Mm-hmm. And and you know we're not done with J Cole. We still have one um, one pod left with two albums. But I I think this was his peak. And, and not to say that as he hasn't put out awesome stuff since. But I just think with everything that he put out prior to this, this like ties the bow on everything. Mm-hmm. It really, it really answers all the questions that he was, he wasn't really even looking for answers for, mm-hmm. but he was just living this life and he recognized over time, like, Oh, here's something I realized. Let me fix this. Here's something I realized. Let me fix this. And it's like all of those little lessons that he learned, he puts into this album and and born i think born center did a really good job of leading into it mm-hmm. where he recognizes a lot of the same things but he's not quite there like he he needs a little bit more time to finally come to terms with all this stuff and and this is the record where he really does so i i just think it this is the one that's going to last forever for me yeah i absolutely agree um kind of tailing off your point about born center it's like I mean, it's in the title too. It's like, you know, he's in born center. He's, he's kind of too focused on himself, you know, to an extent to, you know, be the person he wants to be. And then you get that in 2014 forest Hills drive, you get that message that he's sending out telling to telling, you know, bringing these issues to light, whether it be about becoming famous and, um, or whether it be about the black community and or whether it just be about like his relationship with women or just relationship with women he's gotten to the point where he's not so caught up in himself to an extent to realize these things and like you mentioned i we talked about and the term no skip album gets tossed around left and right to a disgusting degree at some points 
honestly. But if there's one album, if someone asked me, what's a no skip album? This one, easily, easily. Because you can't, and whether it's whether it's the way it sounds or whether it's the message or whether it's, you know, you mentioned in the last pod how it was like, he takes you on this roller coaster ride through his storytelling, but through the production as well. And I think we talked about um, in Born Center a little bit how he is he does find that find that like groove with the production but he also uh but in this album i think like you mentioned he really just puts it together completely and so yeah that's all i got for this album one of my favorites of all time like you mentioned top three what we got up next week hughes so for your eyes only which is basically a love album like not to spoil it but that that's what it leads into so again just he does such a great job in these outros of setting up the next thing, but it's uh it's man. I was I've been listening to it lately just just because I've been talking about. It. I'm like man, I need to go back and listen to that even before we do the pod. Mm-hmm. But for your eyes only, just not not recognized a ton. I think it's a beautiful album, and I'm looking forward to to hearing what you have to say about it. And then and then Kod, which is a little bit of a switch up. It's a little bit more hip hop. But it, it's good, and it's. I think it's going to be a, a fun way to close out this J. Cole journey. The man himself, Dylan Hughes, I was talking about, by the way. <laughs> All right, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Divine Rhyme. This has been Will Hogsett and Dylan Hughes. Next week, KOD, and for your eyes only.